I promise you at the end of this episode, you will be able to create an extra hour of time in your day. I really believe that. You'll be able to focus when you create that extra hour. You're going to be able to focus on bigger picture items for your ministry, the things that actually grow your ministry and bear fruit in your day-to-day work. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Tai Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect practical advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Today, we're continuing our deep dive into part four of our five-part series on reasons why change isn't happening in your parish. If you feel called to do a new thing, but you just don't have time, this episode is for you. Hey, John. Ty, it's good to be with you. You know, it's always a pleasure, but I always think it goes so fast. And by the time we're done talking, we're like, man, I went by really fast. And I hope this episode isn't too long. <laughs> I'm always amazed because it feels like it goes by fast. And then I look how long we actually talked. And and I do wonder the same thing. I just hope that <laughs> we're not burning people out with words. And uh, and we do have kind of a meaty day today, so I'm I'm hoping people will stick with us. Also, I, I'm a little under the weather. I don't know if people can if that'll come across or not. Uh, to me, it sounds just a little bit huskier, a little more of a deeper baritone today. So maybe that'll even be good for everybody. <coughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, it 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 is going to be a meatier day, as you said. But I think it's. It's good to recap. So can we go over the first few parts of this series that we've got before we dive into what we have today? Absolutely. If you're just joining us, we've been working through a five-part series on change, as Ty said. In the last three weeks, uh, we talked about that first week. One of the big reasons why um, change doesn't happen in parishes or why things aren't being as fruitful as you'd like them to be is sometimes a brokenness are in our own prayer. It's a lack of prayer. And that, that just reflects the reality that we need to be connected to and discerning a direction from the heart of Jesus. Not just showing up to work, but really di- discerning that direction from the heart of Jesus. That's number one. Another one is a, a lack of vision. You know, there's there's a real need to share where God is leading us. You know, if you if you're hoping to lead change, if you're hoping to lead people, you need to just tell them where you're going and why. And that's just taking that discernment. It's applying it to the work that you do and saying this is where God is trying to lead us and casting that vision, painting that picture for people. The third one then this last week we talked about how sometimes we fail to have those important conversations and those can be the day-to-day things where we see a habit that needs to change either on our team or something that maybe we see in one of our parishioners, our, our key volunteers, an area where they need to grow. But sometimes it's calling someone into a new ministry. We fail to have that conversations or, you know, just really anything that that needs to be said, a conversation that needs to be had that orients people forward towards that vision following the discernment that we've had in prayer, following that will of God. And so if you're just if you're just joining us, that's where we're launching off into this this week. But before we do that, we do have some listener feedback that I'd love to share with you. Would you like to hear some listener feedback, Ty? Only if it's good feedback. If it's, <laughs> if it's negative feedback, then they they could file it in the circular file. 
<laughs> I can't imagine anyone would have anything negative to say. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't believe in a world that that exists. Um, this is from from Ashley, and so Ashley is actually someone I know. Um, she's not a Catholic ministry professional, but she is a very devout Catholic, and she's very intentional about participating in the church and giving in ministry and kind of building her own apostolate on the side. So this is what Ashley said after listening to to one of our episodes. She said, Hey, John, I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast. I just listened to part one episode about prayer and scripture in your life. It was great. You should rename your podcast to Everyone Needs to Hear This. Amen, End amen. Mm. <laughs> so I, ju- that just goes to show, I mean, this is good solid leadership formation that we're providing for anybody who is seeking to make change in the church, who is seeking to grow a ministry, anybody who's seeking to grow as a leader in general. I think this is solid information. These are solid practical advice pieces that can help you to grow as a Catholic and really bring Jesus into your community. That's awesome. Thank you, Ashley. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, launch into a little story time. And this is a story that I've told before, but it's one that just really makes makes the point and kind of tees up where we're going for today. Um, there, there was a, a, a series of Zoom meetings that our diocese would put on where all our catechetical leaders could get together. And there was a guy who had, had recently begun to work in the diocese. And on one of those Zoom meetings, one of the things we'd always do at the end is like, hey, who's got some questions or, you know, kind of... Uh, this was in the COVID era, so we we're really trying to figure out what well, what are we going to do? You know, what is your ministry going to look like? What's your day to day going to be? How are you transitioning, pivoting from here? And uh, at the end of this recap, where we you know you launch out your questions to anybody who worked in ministry in the area. You know, you got your veterans, you got people who've been around kind of a middle amount of time, people who just started alongside you. And and the question he was really struggling with, or the thing he was trying to figure out, um, you know, he he just dead serious said how do you guys find time for lunch? And it was just such a really practical question. And it, it, honestly, it struck me as kind of funny because it, it seems really practical. You just schedule it in, right? <laughs> but it, but it's one of those really practical things and solutions that can get lost in the midst of the whirlwind of parish ministry. You know, when you're wearing three, four, five different hats, you're really leading five different ministries, potentially different teams of people, different groups of volunteers, and and you're just trying to get through that next weekly cycle or that next liturgical season, and and you just you work all day, and at the end of it, you really can't even tell someone like what you got done that day because you just have been so fractured and in so many different places. Then you're going to need this episode in your life. If any of that resonates with you, I promise you, at the end of this episode you will be able to create an extra hour of time in your day. I really believe that. You'll be able to focus when you create that extra hour. You're going to be able to focus on bigger picture items for your ministry, the things that actually grow your ministry and bear fruit in your day-to-day work. And so I really want you to to really buckle up with us because like we said, it's kind of a bulky episode, Um, but we're going to try and keep it moving. We got little bite-sized chunks, and then I will leave some links to previous episodes where we've taken on some of these topics in a little deeper depth. How's that sound? No, that sounds great. I think it's episode six that we talk about that. You talk about that story on on how to make time in your day, but yeah, let's keep it rolling. Awesome. So uh, yeah, if you're kind of in this point where, you know, 
you just are working all day, like we said, and you just, you can't even keep track of all the things you're getting done. Um, you know, and especially if you've been feeling this pull, like we've been kind of proclaiming, like God is calling you to do a new thing in your parish. He's calling you to lead. He's calling you to be creative. He's calling you to bring the kingdom. Amen. So if that's you and you're feeling that call, but you're just not even sure, like how could I possibly find time to take on something new, right? That's kind of this idea of being stuck in maintenance mode. All you've done is filled your day with the day-to-day things. All you've done is like filled out that time. And And there's just a really... There's a need for intentional work design for you, right? There's a need to really intentionally look at a couple areas. And we're going to break apart those two areas. The first one is your office space. And the second one is your office time, all right? So when I talk about office space, I'm, I'm talking literally the space you work in. What's your office look like? You know, if you're looking at it as a team, you can say, hey, what's our, our whole area look like? Does it work for the flow of ministry that we've got? But for you specifically, what does your office space look like? And I, I want to call back this scripture. Uh, it's Proverbs 24, uh, thir- verses 30 through 31. And the, the writer says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man without sense, and behold, it was overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Now, when I read that verse for the first time, there's a very specific person who came to mind for me that that's what their office looked like. And it was one of those things where uh, I know that at times my office has looked like that. And I know that when it looked like that, it slowed down my productivity. I know that it made it difficult for me, more difficult for me to do my job. So what should your office space be? It shouldn't be overgrown. <laughs> it shouldn't be broken down. It shouldn't like like uh, this massive pile of just brokenness and nettles right? This is the vineyard of the Lord. It needs to be cultivated. It needs to be orderly, right? God likes things put in order. And that's the first thing he did when he created, was he created space, right? Earth, sea, sky, and then he filled it with the things that needed to be in those areas. It was orderly. Disorder is unwelcoming, right? It, It turns people off. It makes them not want to stay. And sometimes even makes them feel like they weren't invited to begin with. It makes them feel unwanted. So, That's what happens with disorderly space, all right? So, number one, your office space needs to be ordered. And number two, you need to really think about whether or not it works for you because it should work for you. It should help you to accomplish your goals. If you're meeting with people regularly and you're constantly running into scheduling conflicts because you need the conference room but other people also need it, maybe your office should be a meeting space. And what do you need to do to make that happen? And that might be retooling some storage areas or, you know, bringing in a whiteboard so you can put on presentations for those meetings, whatever it might be, to really think about your goals, your vision that God has shared with you and what you need to accomplish those. Uh, But beyond that, those two big pieces, I I really just want to share some quick guidelines for organizing the vineyard you work in. The first one is just that the things that you use most often should be in closest proximity to you. And that seems off like obvious, it should be obvious. But I I see a lot of friends and I've worked with a lot of people who they're constantly running across the room to grab the thing they need next instead of being able to just pivot, grab, and, and transition, right? Another one just being as much as you can, you should try to digitize your papers, right? Put things into cloud storage. Uh, Nowadays, most things that you buy, most resources that you buy have a digital version. And the reason for doing that is sometimes we buy something just because we want to review it and then it's not what we're looking for. And then it just goes on the shelf, 
and it just takes up space. And you flash forward about three or four ministers down the road and nobody's cleaned out any of it. <laughs> so then you just have this massive library of things that are taking up space that nobody really wants to use in the context. And then you have created more work for people. The other thing is sometimes you find something you want to use again and again and again and again. And if you're if you're not keeping that original copy fresh, then it eventually starts to look like garbage. And so you can keep your stuff fresher and longer if it's digital. All right. Next little tidbit, next little tip for your office space. If you touch something once a year or less, it might not even need to be in your office. Like if you've got a storage room, find a way to organize it there because then it's not taking up space in your day-to-day. The other side being, well, maybe you need some kind of storage unit in your office so that you can organize those things and they're not just sitting in stacks or piles in the corner, right? Um, Next one, right? Especially if you're a new minister, but you've been in the game for two or three years. If you've never used something that's in your office, if you've never used a resource that's been sitting on a shelf in those three years, chances are you're never going to use it. And so it really doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if somebody donated it. It doesn't matter if it's in good shape. If it's not being used, you need to either toss it or find another area for it because it's it's just taking up space and you don't need to feel bad. You really don't need to feel bad. Um, th- this is just keeping space in order, right? This is just taking charge of that, of that office, of that vineyard and, and cultivating it, managing it, keeping it the way it needs to be. And then finally, the the last little tip that I would say is just to to Google minimalist creative storage ideas because there really is a need for that in a lot of our parishes. We we do have we have a lot of ministries and they have the need for different resources and a lot of them are budgeted specifically for that ministry, which means you you can't have just one set of markers that everybody shares. You need four sets of markers for four separate ministries, and I understand that. So coming up with some creative storage ideas can help you a lot to keep your vineyard from becoming the vineyard of a sluggard, (laughs) of a drunkard, and a man without sense. All right, so I I just want you to really use the Google machine and lean on that and and get creative. Um, Yeah, anything else you're thinking of, Ty, that comes off the top of your head that might be useful for organizing office spaces, general rules, guidelines? I like the Marie Kondo. um, You know, she's the lady that pretty much gets rid of everything but what she does is she has great a great tip on like what to keep what to get rid of um and it's this is for somebody that's you know obviously been using their stuff for a while you know if it it brings you joy and and you know it's it's you're gonna need to use it keep it but for the vast majority of the things in your office it needs a new home and it might be in the dump it you could probably donate it to um, somebody else that could use it, whether that's office furniture, office, you know, supplies or whatever, get rid of it. Because I'm telling you, once you clear that out, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's like the, I don't believe in feng shui, you know, the Chinese mm-hmm. methodology of, of organizing your physical space to, to manifest your, your spiritual and, and whatever other things. But there is a sense of relief when you start to declutter where it's almost like you're you're detaching yourself from something mm-hmm. um, that is weighing you down. So it's it's super powerful and, and because we are a sacramental faith, right? You you yourself you are not just a spirit, you are a body and a spirit, and and the church recognizes both of those as being real 
parts of who you are. And so it makes perfect sense that the way that the way your body exists and the space it exists in affects the soul that exists inside your body, right? That's that's the same principle as taking care of yourself, right? Exercising, eating well, those things affect you spiritually. And it's the same idea, you know, the, the places and the spaces you're in affect you too. That's why it's important to be in church from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, those things affect us because it affects us body, that affects the spirit, you know, we're body, spirit, composite. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I still have friends that uh, are of different denominations that will not go back to church because they can just stream it from the comfort of their couch uh, in the comfort of their pajamas. Mm. <laughs> Wait. And I'm just like, you do you, whatever, whatever. <laughs> oh, man, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's transition into the second one, though. So we just talked about office space, some basic, I don't know, some basic prior, not priorities, but some basic tips for um, streamlining things and getting your vineyard in order. Let's transition into office time. Um, And I really want to talk about three things that are going to help you to utilize your office time well. And those three things are are knowing yourself and your preferences, your habits. Um, the, The second one is mastering your email. And the third one is prioritizing, organizing your tasks. So that first one, knowing yourself, uh, this is really practical. Um, you have to know when you're the most productive and, and when you're the least productive because that is going to help you then when you prioritize your tasks to organize them in the best times. And and this isn't a perfect science because you might be at your best at 5 a.m. And if you've got a family, that's probably not the right time for you to head to the office. So, you, you know, you got to kind of think through those things. On the flip side of that, you know, like I, I know that I'm most productive between like 8 and 10, somewhere in there, um, maybe 9 and 11. I know that I'm least productive naturally between one and three because I hit the afternoon sleepies. And if I eat a large lunch, like I'm my head's bobbing through those two hours. And so I have to really think about when I'm most productive, when I'm least productive, but then schedule things for those least productive times, those sleepy times that keep either keep my body moving or keep my mind engaged in a more active way. It's so that I don't waste that time just trying not to fall asleep. So it's really about kind of knowing yourself when you're going to work best. And also even just knowing my like, man, I'm really distracted today. Maybe I need to look at what I've got prioritized for day and and rehash some of those things and come up with a different plan for today. And, and so that's just kind of this rhythm of knowing yourself and how you work. The second part, mastering your email. I... I've been there, like I'm the guy who can easily waste 45 minutes like going down the rabbit hole of the latest things from Ascension or Word on Fire. Managing your email well will save you so much time. And so here are three little bullet points that are gonna help you to like clear out some of that email time. First, you don't need to keep your email open all day long. Schedule specific times to check your email. I'm talking like maybe two, maybe three times a day you're actually going to check it maybe morning when you get in lunch and then before you leave at the end of the day and you're just going to schedule specific times and you're going to stick to those give yourself 30 minutes or 40 minutes to check it say at 40 minutes i'm closing it i'll come back later or better yet just challenge yourself to say i'm going to respond to all of this stuff in these 30 minutes in these 40 minutes so you got to keep it brief and concise schedule that time if it's not one of your email checking times close your inbox don't even look at it all right The second one, and I know, Ty, I know you're a big fan of this, right? 
setting filters so that specific emails don't even come across your inbox and you can just come to them when you know it's the right time to check them. And this is a, go ahead. I, I can see you want to say something. No, no, I was, I was just going to say there's, there's a lot to be said about just the different tools that are out there. I think sometimes we get caught up in the wrong tools mm-hmm. that um, occupy our time versus save our time. So yeah, there's, there's a ton of things you could do uh, within, you know, if you're using Gmail or um, I don't know about the Android users. I, I don't really trust those guys. But the Apple iPhone, there's a, a focus feature. You know, it's almost like the do not disturb, but you can l- legit set all your parameters. Like, hey, if I'm going into a meeting, I'm, I'm going to label it, um, you know, my focus or uh, meeting focus. And it won't alert me about anything except for like, hey, if my wife calls me about my son. Okay, or whatever. Um, only a certain amount of people can actually get a hold of me during this time. Or, you know, you can set the duration. You can set, I mean, just the, the different things that you can do to make sure that you stay focused. And I go back to that, you know, the first part of this office time, just know yourself. Like, I'm the type of guy, if my phone dings, I'm, I'm lost for the next five minutes because I'm focusing on why my phone was alerting me, whether it was, um, you know, Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. So I know that if I'm in a meeting, I have to put my do not disturb on. Or here's a really good one. I know my mother that lives in Vietnam usually calls me around this time and she does not relent. (laughs) She, if you do not pick up, she will call and call and call. So I actually have to put it on focus um, so I don't get any calls. Um, So know yourself. And and if you know it's going to help you and force you to actually stay focused, those are hard pills to swallow, but you have to swallow it because it's very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So then the the final little tidbit, the final little tip I'd give here is just we're all on all of these email lists, right? It's Ascension and Word on Fire, the two big ones. But everybody, their mom has a Catholic apostolate now and an email list. And it's really easy because they've got great PDFs that they're sharing for free to turn your email over to them to get that free PDF. But then you're getting 20 or 30 emails a day that you do not need. And I want to really encourage you for all of those, unsubscribe from them. For a while, you can put them in filters. But what I really want you to do is like schedule, say once a month, you're going to budget time specifically for the task of going through those and unsubscribing for the ones that, you know, two, three, four months later, they haven't given you anything you need. Get rid of, get rid of them. <laughs> get your email out of that list, and you you're gonna save yourself so much time just by not feeling like you need to check all of those in the immediate present. Okay, so unsubscribe from all of them. But if you can't do that, at the very least, schedule and budget specific time once a month or less, once a quarter, to just like binge go through them in an hour and delete them and unsubscribe from the ones that you don't need anymore. And I think that is going to save you a ton of time. Yeah, unsubscribe from everything except for Catholic ministry professionals. <laughs> and in fact, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, I yes. really encourage you to do that right now. <laughs> Go to catholicministryprofessionals.com and hit subscribe. Okay, so the third part, after you've taken some time, you know yourself, you're really thinking about who you are, how you operate you're taking some time to master your email and, and getting on top of that. The last one is to really prioritize and organize 
your tasks. And and I re, and I say this this over overarching guideline, this principle of this is that you should know what you're going to do tomorrow before you leave work today. And so you you need a tool, you need a method that can help you to do this. And usually for people, there's some version of a planner that they've got that they're keeping track of their to-do list. I always hated the idea of buying a $60 overrated notebook planner that had all these tips and tricks. So I, I created my own method that allowed me to see the overall, the entire picture of my ministry and how it related to my work today. Um, on any given day that I was working, I could at a glance see all of that. And so I, I want to offer to you, um, you can have a copy of that same planner today for free. You just go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources, and you're going to download the only planner sheet that you'll ever need. I, I promise you, it really is the only sheet you'll need. You can print, print off 52 of them, and you've got one for each week of the year, and, and it's that simple, it's that free. But what you're going to do to make this planner work for you is you're going to make a list of all your to-do list items, and you're going to rank them from one to four. Because you need to prioritize. You need to know which which items do I need to do today? Which items need to get done? Which ones are the most important? When you rank them from one to four, you're looking at their overall impact on your vision statement, on your goals, and their level of time sensitivity. So if something's a high priority, it means that it, it really is going to leverage the mission forward. It's going to leverage the vision and your goals forward. And it's time sensitive. It needs to be done sooner or later, or it's just going to take longer, more time to do, so I need to start now. The other end of that, if you're ranking it a number four priority, it's further down the list, it just doesn't have a lot of impact on your vision, right, or your goals. Um, and it's not time sensitive, right? It's really low priority. And this might be something more like planning out the curriculum for the year if you're just plug and playing from, you know, Alive in Christ or one or one of the catechetical books, like that. That might be actually a pretty low priority because you just need to schedule the time and you can do it without having to think too hard. Email, on the other hand, that might be something in the middle, right? And I think it's worth thinking about that. That might be a two or a three just because you do need to stay on top of your communications. That's important. They're maybe not all important for today, but they do need to be checked. So those are some of the middle. It gives you kind of this idea of this um, overall, like that between one and four, where things might land. So once you've got those tasks prioritized one to four, then you can start to put them in the buckets that they belong in. And that's the value of this planner sheet that that we're going to give you for free. The value of that is that you can place them in whatever buckets you want, whatever lets you work the best. I always like to put them in the buckets of, I've got these communications for my team. I've got these that are just my to-do list items that I need to check off. On the other corner, I've got conversations that I need to have. And then the other one, it's that long-term vision. These are things I need to think about in the long-term and I need to mull over. But all of these other pieces line up with that bucket as well. So whatever whatever way it makes the most sense and allows you to more most clearly see what you need to get done today so that you can reach that end goal so you can accomplish that vision and, and leverage the mission of Jesus forward. Those are the buckets you're going to want to put on there. So again, catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources. You can download that for free. Uh, but on a further episode, I think it's worth diving in a little deeper in this topic because there's a lot of ways you can save yourself time by streamlining um, all of these workflows, either through automating them or delegating them to another person. And I'd love to really tie, take a, an episode to talk about virtual assistants and how I, I do think that's an area, that's something that churches could really latch on to that would be a high value role or, and resource 
to tap into his virtual assistants and how they could be a huge help with this. No, nope, I agree. I'd love to do that. All right, but with that, let's move into the devil's advocate. <laughs> John, what if people see me moving things around or throwing things away and they get upset? Um, even to the point where they no longer like working with me or for me, depending on the, the situation. Um, I, I just don't feel like I, I want to step on that, that landmine. Mm. I, what say you? Yeah, I, I get that. I've actually done that. <laughs> I've had people uh, pretty upset with me for throwing away old, like hard copies of photos from ministry that was done 15 years ago that nobody even knew who any of the kids were that were in it. Like I've, I've had people come at me pretty hard about getting rid of those types of things. So I, I understand that. It, it's entirely possible too, right? Maybe you need to get rid of a desk that somebody donated to the parish or you need to throw away or move. We, we had a giant um, like St. Joseph statue that was just in the wrong spot and had to go. Uh, and I think they were making a way for, for a uh, baptismal font or something like that. And, and it just, it ruffled a lot of feathers Right. And because these people and, you know, Ethel, she was probably there and helped, you know, Ethel too pick out this statue or this desk. And, and they're not going to like that stuff moving. Um, you know, so that's where you're going to want to go back and listen to the better conversations sections of our podcast, because we give you a lot of a lot of tips for that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if somebody's really upset, and they're coming to you. This is now a crucial conversation. And so what you're going to do is lean on your vision. Right? This is what God is doing here. You remind them that God isn't calling us to do a new thing. And when you can clearly point to God as the source of this, it's just hard to argue with. They might still not like it, but it's really hard to argue with. Like, this is what God is calling us to do, and this is, like it or not, a necessary part of that. Right? You could prep some of those judo, verbal judo lines that we shared before. Uh, but either way, just to let them know, like, hey, th- this is going to happen. We want you to be a part of it. We, we hope you can get excited about this because think what, what this allows us to do, how it allows us to follow God in, in a very purposeful and intentional way. But on the other side of that, I, I also really want us to consider, you know, if your, office, if your office is the one that looks like the vineyard of a slugger, people are talking about it and they want to see it improve. Because no matter how much we might really not want to deal with the people who are going to take it negatively, I guarantee you there are so many more people in your parish that are aching for forward momentum. They're aching for a fresh look. They have seen it and they just want to see things done well. They want they want things to feel fresh and light and full of the spirit. And I need you to understand that cleaning up your office space and time, it's an essential part of that. And when you do it, it gives other people permission to look intentionally and work intentionally, to have better conversations, to do better work and become better leaders. And, and you can kickstart that simply by being intentional with your office space and your office time. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So, of course, we never want to leave you without something that you can implement today to begin acting, to take action. And so a couple actionable steps for you from today's conversation. I want you to just give yourself permission to simply dream about what your office space should be. Write those ideas down. But then schedule time on your calendar to really make some changes. Schedule it as time that you are going to work on these specific things. Because it makes it concrete. 
it also reserves that time to deal with it. So you don't get to that week and say, I can't do this. By the time you've gotten to that week, you've already scheduled it in. You've already worked your other pieces around it. So now you have that time to work on it. And then the final one is, is yeah, go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources and download the only planner sheet you'll ever need so you can begin to prioritize and organize your day-to-day work. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you want to transform your parish through your work, the first step is always to start the conversation. And if you're not sure where to start, I want you to download that free parish health assessment at catholicministryprofessionals.com slash free assessment, or you can message us at catholicmenpros at gmail.com to request a free consultation. And of course, you can always send us your feedback and questions to catholicmenpros at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.